I got a joy that Oral made it through without getting grabbed at for messing up today. <laughs> it's always a blessing. Uh, I'm glad you're all here today. Um, Stanley Watson stopped by this morning, and he was telling me that on Wednesday at noon, the First Baptist Church is going to be having a Thanksgiving meal, traditional Thanksgiving meal. It's open to anybody. So if you're in town and you've got nothing to do around lunchtime on, th- on Wednesday, I encourage you to go up there and get fed. We're going to have all the regular stuff, turkey, dressing, all the good stuff. So I want to apologize because I didn't give John the verses today, so there may not be nothing on the screen. That's all my fault. And I also want to apologize because uh, my wife bought donuts this morning, and I didn't want one. So as soon as I got here, my stomach started growling. And then I got to thinking where the microphone's at. <laughs> so if y'all hear some weird noises coming from me, it's just hunger pains. It's not nothing evil. So. <laughs> can't laugh at yourself. You can't laugh at nobody else, right? So please rise for the reading of the word. It's going to be Psalms 95 verses 1 through 7. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully. To the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with, with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The height of the hills are, all, are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are his people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for this opportunity just to come together and just to dig deeper into your message. Father, I know there's a lot of sickness going on in this community and in the families of of the people here. Father, I just pray for healing. I just pray that you'll just uh, stop this virus and just uh, get everybody back to church, get everybody back to feeling good, Father. I just pray that you'll just remove me from the situation, Father, and let your words flow through me, Father. I love you and I praise you. I give you all the glory. Actually, things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Oh, you did get it up there. Good job, John. So, Thanksgiving week. My opinion, this is the greatest holiday of the year. I mean, the kids, they're all happy that they get to miss school. A lot of adults, you know, they get a long weekend. But the food, I mean, think about it. <laughs> You got stuffing, you got sweet potatoes with the little marshmallows on them. Man, pecan pie, I mean, what's not to love about this holiday? But it's very unappreciated. You know, you don't ever see people decorating their yards for, for Thanksgiving. You never see the inflatable turkey. You don't see, you, don't, you know, there's only a couple of Thanksgiving songs, but you never hear anybody saying, hey, let's go out Thanksgiving caroling. <laughs> you know, Hallmark started showing Christmas movies back in October. Walmart puts out the Christmas decorations in September, so nobody shows any love to Thanksgiving. But I remember growing up and loving Thanksgiving. You know, your family gets together, you play games, man, my grandma's cooking, mm. watching the Macy's Day's Thanksgiving parade and football, and all the stores were closed because people understood the importance of family time. But that's not the way it is anymore. Families don't get together like they used to. Black Friday shopping starts on Thursdays now. 
and many people have to work and miss time with their families because the almighty dollar is more important than an employee's family time. And then people would rather go stand in line for hours just to save a little money on stuff instead of spending time with their families. You got sports going on all through the break. There's even tournaments on Thanksgiving Day. People are missing out on the importance of their family. You see, we've lost what's important, and that's coming together and being thankful for what we have. But as Christians, we don't have to wait until the fourth Thursday of November to get together and express what we're thankful for. We should be thankful every day. We should develop an attitude of gratitude. Studies have proven that being grateful has many health benefits, such as it improves your self-esteem, it raises your energy level, makes you happier, more optimistic. You become more resilient, and you can deal with adversity better. It makes you generous, more forgiving. It lowers stress, anxiety, and the negative thoughts. But on the other hand, being ungrateful has a negative effect on your life. First of all, it dishonors God. It causes us to become proud and dependent on ourselves. It leads us to bitterness, complaining, and an unhappy life. It creates pettiness, and all this leads to depression, hopelessness, because we have become so focused on the problem that we don't focus on the problem solver. See, we live in one of the best countries in the world, and we're very blessed that we live here. And we celebrated Veterans Day a couple weeks ago and just celebrated the people that the brave men and women that have fought so hard for our country. See, we get to worship in public. We can go to any church we want to. We can even choose what religion we want to worship, although there's only one that's going to get you to heaven. But see, all this freedom that we have that others don't have is also our curse because we start taking things for granted. We get so used to think the way things are that we just start expecting it and we forget to thank God for what he really does for us. See, there are many places across the world where Christians are thrown into prison or killed just because they follow Christ. In many places, pages of the Bibles are passed around and memorized because there's not enough Bibles for anyone, and they're caught. getting caught with one is a crime. See, these people will walk miles and miles and miles just to get somewhere where they can worship. I have this book here. It's called Hearts of Fire. It'll be passed around the church. Sally gets it first because she asked this morning. But it tells us people's struggles of what they had to suffer just to be Christians in other countries and the things that we take for granted here in America. So I encourage you, if you get a chance to read this book, it's very life-changing. But see, these, these women in this book, you know, they're, they're thankful because they truly understand what God has done for them. And they're willing to risk their lives because they see what God's done for them. They may not have the finer things in life, but they have an abundance of joy in their hearts and an understanding of, of God's blessings that only hard times can show. There's a story about the leader of Dubai. He was being asked about the future of his country. And he answered, my grandfather rode a camel. My father rode a camel. I ride a Mercedes. My son rides a Land Rover, and my grandson is going to ride a Land Rover. 
but my great-grandson, he's going to have to ride a camel again. And the reporter asked him why, and he replied, hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men, and weak men create difficult times. Many will not understand it, but you have to raise warriors and not parasites. So when you look back at the history of America, you know, we were founded by strong, God-fearing Christian men. They fought hard, and they worked even harder to develop this country. But as America grew and started to prosper, as a nation, we started to become very proud. And we stopped thanking God for all that he does. We lost focus on his blessings. And now we take everything for granted. Prayer has been taken out of schools. The Ten Commandments removed from all federal buildings. And for the first time in American history, less than 50% of Americans go to church. We try to fix our problems ourselves and only go to God for a last resort. See, we need, to we need to go back to raising warriors for Christ. Children that will grow up praising God and thanking Him for all that He does. We should be the example for our children and for the rest of the country to watch and learn from. We have to develop the attitude of gratitude and pass it on to the next generation. But why is being thankful so important? Number one, it honors God. When we are thankful, we recognize that God exists and we're reacting on the reality of him being the source and means of our life. True thankfulness recognizes, recognizes our total dependence on God and comes from us realizing that everything going on in our lives and all that we have is a product of God's sovereign control, infinite wisdom, grace, and activities. You see, we often say that we'd be nothing without God. You know, that's one of the little cliches that Christians say. But if we truly understood the magnitude of that statement... Without God, nothing exists. Genesis tells us that the earth was without form and a void filled with darkness. God created each and everything around us. There's absolutely nothing that exists that God didn't create himself. So once you truly wrap your mind around that, how could you ever thank God enough? Everything that I love and enjoy is because of him. Pecan pie, that was him. My children, that was him. My beautiful wife, that was him too. Every single thing that I care about is all thanks to him. And number two, it's commanded all through scripture. The Psalms are filled with the call to give thanks. Psalms 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with, courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalms 118.1, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And then Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 5, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Sometimes evil things happen. So should we be thankful for the evil? Of course not. But we should be thankful that God is there with us and for the good that he will accomplish through the trial. But there are times when something happens to us that may be an inconvenience, but God's using it to protect us. <clears throat> I'd like to tell you a story. It's not a true story. It's just a nice little story that has a good moral to it. There's a man that asked God why so many things went wrong with him, for him today. God said, what are you talking about? And the man replied, 
Well, first I woke up late, and then it took me forever to get my car started. And at lunch, they made my sandwich wrong, and I had to wait for another one. After work, my phone died just as I was answering a call. And finally, when I got home, all I wanted was to use my new foot massager and relax, but it didn't work. <clears throat> Nothing went right today. Why did you let all these things happen to me? And God said, the angel of death was at your bed this morning, and I had to send one of my, my angels to battle for your life, so I'll let you sleep through it. I didn't let your car start because there was a drunk driver on your road, and I didn't want you to get hit. The person that made your first sandwich was sick, and I didn't want you to catch it. Your phone died because the person that had called you was going to give false witness about what was said on the phone, so I didn't even let you answer it. And the foot massager had a short in it, and it would have knocked the power out of your house. I didn't want you to be cold and in the dark. See, we don't always understand God's way of doing things. But if we can learn to be thankful in all situations, we will be able to handle things in a more Christ-like manner. And number three, to remember what God has done for us. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in the lot. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom, have re- in whom we have redeemed through His blood the forgiveness of sin. See, Paul gives us five things to be thankful for right there. Number one, He has enabled us to share in His inheritance. Number two, He has rescued us from Satan's kingdom of darkness and made us His children. Number three, He has brought us into an eternal kingdom. Number four, he has purchased us, he has purchased our freedom from sin and judgment with his blood. And number five, he has forgiven us of all of our sins. You see, God sent his son to die in our place for our sins. But I feel like sometimes we water down what Jesus has actually done for us. You know, he wasn't just hung on a cross. He was stripped down, he was beaten, he was spit on, he was mocked. And then Jesus was flogged or whipped. And I don't know if you really understand what this means, but it's basically a little rod that has two or three strips of leather on it. And the Romans would attach metal or bone chips or wire or hardened clay or whatever they could to the leather so that every time you got hit, it would stick into your skin and it would rip it off. You see, the Romans thought this punishment was so strict that they wouldn't, that it was banned from use on Roman citizens. And many people that were sentenced to crucifixion would die under the flogging from loss of blood. And each one of these soldiers that was whipping Jesus would try to outdo the other and to cause as much pain and embarrassment as they could. And see, when the beating was over, then Jesus had to carry his cross. And then they hung him to die. He lost so much blood that when they punctured his lungs, that water came out. You know, I love watching that movie, Passion of the Cross, because you can truly see what he went through. And just, just, man, I mean, it's one of the things that just make you tear up every time you watch it. Especially when we realize that that's the punishment that we deserved. But he willingly took it for us. You know, we sung a song last week, I think 10,000 angels. You know, he could have stopped it at any time. He could have called down the angels at any time and said, no, I'm not doing this. But he lovingly went through all of that so we wouldn't have to. 
So how could we ever thank him enough for what he's done? So I want to encourage you over this Thanksgiving week to just step back from the world. Slow down. Spend some time with your family. Take a look around and reflect on the many blessings that God has given you. Spend some time outdoors and just admire his beautiful craftsmanship. Disconnect your family and yourself from electronics and play a game. Enjoy each other's company. Just go back to a simpler time when life wasn't so busy. Remember why you fell in love with God in the first place and thank him for all that he does for you. So we've come to the end of this message today. We'll have a song, we'll have a prayer, and we'll have a song, and the altar will be open. But again, I just want to encourage each and every one of you that over this Thanksgiving break, just to spend some time with your family and just remember the importance and whatever, everything that God has done for us. And just enjoy life. Slow down from the busyness that we're all in these days. And just enjoy it. Will you please stand? My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for this message. And Father, I just ask that, I just pray that it will touch our hearts. And Father, that we'll just slow down and that we'll seek you over this weekend, Father. And that we will remember all that you've done for us and just the, the blessings. And that we'll just be truly thankful for everything that you've done. Father, I ask that you'll just open our eyes and our hearts to you and to your message. And Father, just give us opportunities to serve you. Father, we love you and praise you. I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.